Welcome to the third episode of Beauty GPS in the Hot Seat. I'm your navigator, Mary Shook. Beauty GPS is meant to help you, the listener, navigate through all your beauty and wellness questions through licensed experts and practitioners that have agreed to sit in my hot seat so that you, the listener, can ask them questions live every first and third Saturday at noon Eastern Standard Time. All you have to do is dial into our hotline found at beautygps.com, or you can just listen to the conversation. What do you stand to learn from a former high fashion makeup artist turned makeup brand mogul turned Estee Lauder global color product development consultant? For those thinking about starting a beauty brand, our veteran beauty experts share some gut-wrenching details about the unexpected things that can happen to thriving beauty brands. As a consumer, you'll find out why it's important to shop legacy brands like Estee Lauder, who continue to put a lot of science and safety behind their products. Our guest expert, Allison Raphael, gives you a major peek behind the scenes of what goes on behind the pretty packaging and glamour of the beauty industry. I can't wait for you to go on this journey with us. Now sit back and enjoy the show. And thanks for listening. Welcome to the hot seat. Hi. Originally, I met you as a makeup artist in fashion more than 20 yeah. years ago, I think. And yeah. um, we, we in fact, had the same agent. But then one day I turn around and I see you've created a line of foundations and concealers. And they're in Sephora and other retailers, which is really hard mm-hmm. to do, by the way. Um, how did that line come about? That, you know, I, you know, I had worked as Bobby Brown's head assistant. And one of the things she never really I felt got right were her concealers at that time um and I wanted to do a line of concealers because I have really dark under eye circles so you know I talked to her about it and she said yeah I think you should do it and I said okay and I met a dermatologist who was going to open a whole medi spa downtown and I, I did her makeup or something, and we started talking about this. And she's like, oh, my God, this is so amazing. Yeah, you know, we'll fund it, and you can work there, and blah, blah, blah. Well, I was going to, you know, work with the chemist and formulate it. Mm. Well, you know, I put all this research together in these huge binders and whatever, and I poured my whole heart and soul into it because I don't know how to do anything else. <laughs> and, and yeah, and, and I go to see her, and she's like, well, you know, I didn't get the funding, so this isn't going to happen. Oh, no. Like I I told my father and he said to me, well, listen, he's like, you know, there's tons of money now in the stock market. I've, you know, made good money in the stock market. I could either reinvest it in a bunch of people who I don't know, or I can invest it in you. So I'm going to invest it in you. Oh, so I mean, I, I, I put out this line and I started with seven concealers and a completely clear setting powder that was that wound up being my best-selling skew and what I really, I became quite well known for that. And, um, you know, I was the first one to do that. Everyone else was doing, you know, translucent powders and I did a translucent, a transparent one. I, I don't know how the hell else it happened, but um, it was just blood, sweat and a lot of tears. I had no fear and I had nothing to lose. And I just started calling everybody and lo and behold, uh, you know, I got the, the buyer of Sephora on the line and... <laughs> You know, she gave me two stores and, you know, we just pushed. You know, there's a lot of indie brands that come and go and there's so much, uh, you know, VC money going in and people don't realize that it's, it's just money thrown on top of money 
to to get in and stay in this business. There's no bootstrapping this business. And I just remembered you mentioned that one day you bought a display for a store, and I think it was ninety thousand dollars or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And but probably Sephora, Sephora end caps. You know, were were that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and then the next thing you know, something was canceled, and you're like, I'm out that ninety grand, and it's not. Oh, it's, like, it's, it's all gone. It's yeah. I mean, the problem is nowadays, and you know, people say, oh, you know. People think, oh, my God, they want their own brand. And to me, like, now knowing what I know, I would have never started my own brand. I would have gone at that time into product development. Oh. Um, as a small brand, it's almost impossible to do business in this economy. Mm. And the way it's set up with these retailers, with Sephora, I mean, one of the death knells of my business was, you know, in 2000 must have been 2000 the end of 2006 um you know i had just i had just launched a tinted moisturizer we were about to launch a tinted moisturizer i had been on qvc six or seven times we had one show that didn't go right and they canceled a a quarter million dollar order on us and it was already manufactured and on a boat over from italy oh my god I i was stuck with that inventory and then six weeks later Sephora called up and said, okay, you're done, basically, in so many words. They didn't put it that way. They said, um, we need $25,000 a quarter um, for co-op advertising, and we need a 100,000-piece sampling program. And I was already giving them 60% of the cut. I was already paying uh, you know, well into six figures for my freelance salespeople because their own salespeople weren't selling anything. Um, you know, I was already paying for all of my own fixturing. I mean, I was making no money whatsoever. It was a complete break even at the end of the day. And we were doing millions in business. You were a top seller among the professionals. You would be at the trade shows outselling everyone because you had a product that wasn't going to budge. You had a product that had true coloring because at this time, you know, true to kind of the Bobby philosophy where it wasn't about all these pink tones you had a variety of shades going on you had a lot of different things going on and as i understand it you did take a lot of the chemicals out i would even say that uh, i've seen it quoted that you were the first pro uh green line but how green were you we weren't we weren't as green as what is considered green today you know um this was 2008 when i we called it the natural evolution of the brand and that's when we went from skin out and raphael to just being called Allison Raphael. I went as far as I could at that time without sacrificing any efficacy. That was mm-hmm. the big thing. I, I looked at, you know, what really is questionable. I mean, and the whole thing about parabens, even to this day, I have never seen concrete studies done that parabens are terrible, terrible, terrible. However, my feeling was at that time, and it still is today, I don't want to be the one who didn't listen to the canary in the coal mine. If there is some suspicion that this is not a good idea and we should get rid of this and we can, let's do it. Yeah. You know, so that's, that's my feeling on it. Um, but I was the first one doing that, uh, you know, in the pro space. And, you know, yeah. You know, but what I learned was, Mary, it doesn't matter if you make the world's greatest product. You need the business expertise. 
Well, and it's interesting because with the fall of all the magazines, like there are so many editors that are not even around right now. And I found out just someone else was let go. And some of them have come up to me because they know I do a lot of development of products and I've been in every part of the space of this industry. And they're like, you know, think about doing a line because there isn't this category that's served or whatever. And I said, walk away now. I cannot tell you what you're going to walk into because there is no bootstrapping. I cannot emphasize that. These stories are fairy tales. I said at one point before you could have done that. But now what's happened is that if you do come out with a product, say it's, it's revolutionary and it does well, you've just proven market for another company to come in right behind you, do the same thing at half the price, with a lot more behind them. So all you're doing is, is, is opening doors for other companies. Yeah. Okay. I I completely agree with you. Um, it, it, the thing is there is too much behind the scenes, um, that people don't see and don't understand. There's so much business that goes on and especially not only in terms of business deals and relationships, you know, between buyers and brands and all of that kind of stuff, but regulatory. There are things, no matter how much control you have over a company, there are things that you have no control over. One of the biggest things that happened was, you know, American Express called up one day. We had two $400,000 lines of credit we were doing our manufacturing on. And, you know, shortly after the economy tanked, in 2008, American Express called up and said, okay, we're closing your lines of credit. And that was it. I mean, we just had no money to work with. And, you know, and you're like, what do we do? I mean, but the problem at that point was the way the the company was structured corporately, the the debt the company was in was on my head. Mm. And that took such a tremendous mental toll on me to be in debt and not be able to get, I mean, I got out of the vast majority of it. And that's, I mean, I literally kept the company alive from 2008 to 2014 on blood, sweat and tears and no money. Um, it was purely just my refusal to give up that kept it going. Um, which is miraculous because nobody knew, nobody knew we were in financial trouble. We had people approaching us for venture capital, whatever, thinking we were doing, you know, $50 million and we didn't have a pot to piss in at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's very easy to make something look good, and it's really just a mess. And, of course, I had to let the whole staff go, so it was just me. And, you know, I was running the whole show at that point. I planned on going back and working at this point now in my life as a makeup artist, a union makeup artist. Um, I did episodic for a while, uh, but the, the hours were too hard. You know, they're very, very hard. It is not a coincidence that a lot of people in TV and film makeup are not married or don't have kids. Um, the hours are just brutal. And so, you know, I started getting private clients. I started doing commercial work. And then, you know, I saw an ad for, uh, you know, an internal artist at Lauder. And I thought, oh, yeah, that might be interesting. And I just sort of figured, okay, you know, if, if it winds up, I don't love it. I'll leave and I'll go back to artistry. And if I do love it, then I'll tell them. And, you know, so now they know I love it. You know, we'll see if I wind up how long I'd be there. But, you know, either way, it's all good. You know, I I really, um, it's been an incredibly pleasant surprise. 
Well, these days with working with Estee Lauder in the, the color development, and you said specifically for eyes, you know, what, yep. what does that mean and what do you do day to day? I work on the development of, uh, you know, anything in the eye category. So it's eyeshadows, eyeliners, mascaras. So sometimes it's coming up with new color stories. And there might be like recently promotions came to me and said, we need these three palettes for promotions and here are the stories and can you, you know, here, here's the basket of items you can choose from that are already existing in development. We have, you know, really it's like every color in the rainbow, basically it's Estee Lauder. So it's like, okay, you know, choose from this and it's like 5,000 colors. You're like, okay, fine. Um, you know, and so but put together some color stories, you know, I'll look at the, the trend books out of Milan and I'll, pick out some stories and I'll put it together and I, I and I have to also make sure that it makes sense for just about everybody under the under the rainbow because uh, Estee Lauder has such a big and wide audience um, so it has to work for all skin tones and that sort of thing and then sometimes it's you know I get in pressing submissions uh, which I don't know if you've ever done eyeshadows Mary but like eyeshadows have to be pressed at a certain pressure Mm -hmm. um, in order that they they pick up correctly if you press them too hard sometimes they break or you don't get any you don't get any product on your brush sometimes if you press them too loose you get too much fly away stuff so they have to be pressed at the correct pressure and so generally a lab will send us three different pressures and I have to determine what's the best pressure to press it at sometimes it's match color matching you know, you get in submissions, you look at the standard, you put it under a color correct light or you go in the sunlight and you say, does this match? Yes or no. Go more red, go more blue, go more black, you know, lighten this, make this more saturated, uh, that sort of thing. All kinds of evaluation. You know, it's it's every day basically starts with me coming in with a bare face and taking out my makeup, whatever I'm working on and trying it on. And that's every day I do that. Every single day I do that. I am always trying something. I am always looking at, I'm always thinking about how can I make this better? How can I make this work for the maximum number of people, the greatest number of skin tones? Um, you know, does this make sense with this? Does that make sense with that? It's You're constantly, you're either thinking of how to, head off problems creatively, or you're actually troubleshooting an actual problem that comes up, which happens all the time. You know, product development is really just um, a lot of creative problem solving all day long. You know, everything's about kind of like, I want my makeup to stay on as long as possible, which actually Korea started that because they have such high humidity. So they were, right. there were right. ahead for that. So with you doing this testing, you're testing for not just a look, but you're also testing on how it works. But what other types of things are you looking for? Everyone claims to be an expert and people, people, you know, have all these alternative facts and people say stuff all the time. That isn't true now in the cosmetic space. One of the nice things about water is, believe me, and I can tell you this working there now, if we say it, it's damn true. <laughs> it's true 20 times over because we can't afford to not be truthful. We're too big of a company. We have too much to lose. 
Sure. Now, Estee Lauder owns tons of different brands. When you say you're doing this for Estee Lauder, do you mean that you're doing it specifically for that line or other lines within the line? Okay. Estee Lauder Signature. Okay, got it. So the the, the classic blue line where it all began, that's where I am. There are, you know, there's Clinique, there's Bobby Brown, there's Mac, there's Darfon, there's, you know, there's Bumble and Bumble, there's, there's a bajillion brands there. But I am working for the signature line. That's what I work on. You've had time to acquaint yourself with a lot of their products. And I'm sure you have some favorites. Can you tell us what they are? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, like I'm saying earlier, you know, they they talk all in acronyms. And, you know, you get there. And I mean, I just basically dove in head first. And I'm like, what? They keep saying A&R, 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 A&R. And I'm like, what? what is this A&R stuff that everybody's talking about? What the hell is it? They're like, Allison, advanced night repair. I said, the stuff in the brown bottle? They're like, yeah. And I'm like, well, what about it? They're like, Allison, it's like liquid gold. You gotta, you gotta try this. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Really? That's like been around forever. They're like, will you please just try it? <laughs> and I took it and I tried it. Mary, it works. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, I don't need to tell you about serums. You make serums. You make something called Blessed Gold, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, you you know what this is. I mean, a really good serum is worth its weight in gold. And this stuff is amazing. You know, it just, it just evens out your skin and gives you that glow in your skin that you don't get just washing and moisturizing. You know, so that's that's one of my favorites. And then, <clears throat> I mean, everything we make is really, really high quality. Um, you know, they're really known also for, they're known for their foundation. Um, and Double Wear is their big franchise. The Double Wear Light is just incredible. It's the one in the tube. Oh, okay. I haven't tried that. It comes in a, it comes in a bajillion colors again. Um, so it's, it's not only can, is it a great formula and it really does last well and stay color true and, and keep you nice and matte and whatever. Um, it's self-set which is phenomenal. You don't need a powder with it. Oh. And also, yeah, and you can also get it, um, you can match your skin tone. Like, you can get a dead-on match. Uh, it's, you know, once you find your match, you know what it is. It's incredible. It's just, boom, it's there. And you're like, wow, and it really looks, it just looks like skin, but better. Sure. So. We have Gabrielle in New York who heard you were going to be on the show, and she asked me to ask you how to conceal her rosacea while it's still healing, but she doesn't want to look like makeup is on. Um, but okay. also, when, and she doesn't want to break out from it and wants it to last all day. So is there, is it about she, she, foundation? She's not, she's not looking for too much. She just, she just wants it to look natural, last forever and, and not hurt her. That's, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's a very reasonable ask. Yeah. Um, okay. So first things first with rosacea, obviously rosacea is, you know, it's redness, in the skin, it's not your undertone. It's more, you know, from the capillaries. Mm-hmm. So you don't, you're not worrying about your undertone. You need to tone down that redness. The way you're going to do that is with a little bit of extra yellow in your foundation. So let's say, just for example, um, you know, you use a foundation, you match it to your undertone. You want another foundation that is maybe one step more yellow or a little bit darker if it's if it's a yellow based foundation to go over that those areas with rosacea now it's not going to totally 
take it away, what it's going to do is a little bit of yellow is going to mix with that redness in your skin, and it's going to look more like tan. People think when you're camouflaging, you are completely covering, like you're cloaking something. That's not always the case. It's more like, okay, if your skin is beige and you have redness, okay, that's going to jump at the eye. But if your skin is beige and then you have a spot that's a little darker beige, that's your eye's going to skim over it. Does that make sense? Am I explaining yeah. that right, Mary? Yep. Okay. So that's what you want to do. You want to tone down the redness. You aren't looking to totally cover the redness, like with Dermablend or something. That's going to be too much and too heavy. But if you use something a little darker, a little more yellow, to tone down the redness in those areas, it's going to go a very long way. And that's something like, you know, Double Wear or Double Wear Light is phenomenal at doing because it's matte. Um, you don't want to use something that's too luminous because it's just, Again, you're highlighting something. You don't want to highlight problems. You want to tone them down, and matte is good for that. Um, and it lasts. It's going to stay on all day, you know. And and it comes in colors that are cool, neutral, and yellow based. Um, but she also said, is there a certain technique in applying it to also make it not look like she's got all this foundation on? Okay, so here's what I'm going to say to that. This is where you want the product be doing the work for you um if you have to layer and powder and set and layer and powder and set it's not the right product mm. what you are looking for is something you can put on that's going to set in place and not move too much because a lot of times a lot of concealers or a lot of foundations are too slippery to really cover you want something that when you put it on you're going to be able to blend it in, but then it's going to stay in place. It's going to lock in place. And this is this is particularly what I like Double Wear for. Double Wear and Double Wear Light. That's what it does. That's what makes those formulas so good. That's why I fell in love with them. Because that's what my original, my original foundation did, Reality Base. You put it on and it stayed in place. It didn't keep slipping and sliding. If you put a foundation on your face and it keeps slipping and sliding and moving, it's never going to concentrate the color where you want it does that make sense too you can use a foundation you can use a foundation sponge or your fingers um to put it on and sometimes it helps to stipple it with a sponge which is when you you put the foundation on a sponge and you tap it in instead of going in long strokes you're tapping it in to, to concentrate in those areas but the main thing she wants to look for is something that's not too slippery um in its texture that's a good a good plan. Um, but, you know, it's interesting because I had mentioned that you had some skin troubles, especially when you were going through a lot of the stress at the end. And I think I saw oh, you oh, before God. everything had yeah. ended. Yeah. And so yeah. It, she, yeah. she 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 was like she was curious how you ended up clearing it up, because I don't think we discussed how you ended up clearing that up other than, you know, also getting rid of the line. You, you know what? I'll tell you something. There is a lot to be said for getting rid of unnecessary stress in your life. <laughs> it's, yep. it's literally toxic. It was toxic to me. You actually had told me to take a probiotic and it did work. Ah. Um, I took a really good, yeah. You said, Allison, <laughs> you need some probiotics. Because, yeah, I was like really breaking out on my cheeks a lot. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that, that helped. But also just eliminating the excess stress. It was, it was literally toxic to me. You know, um, 
that's the best thing you can really do. I mean, I used to drive the editors crazy back when there were editors because they'd say, oh, what's your beauty secret for this or your beauty secret for that? Beauty secret is the same as it's always been. Eat right, get some exercise, get at least eight hours of sleep, (laughs) drink enough water, all the basic things that nobody wants to do. Everyone wants a miracle and there are no miracles. It's true. But as, as our environment increases with pollution and inflammation is increasing because, you know, even when they say grass fed beef is grass fed, it's technically not. It's also kind of a greenwashing term. So it's, it's really hard to do that. So these extra little tips are just ways that we can help consumers to just add you know, a kind of hack to what they're doing. So we have Faith, who's also in New York, and she said she has dark circles that seem to be getting worse with age. She also, which is probably going to be the same thing as our first uh, person, but she said, how do you suggest she conceal her dark circles without making herself look even older? Okay, so dark circles are my specialty. I can talk a lot about this. Um, Okay, when she says they're getting worse with age, um, it's not so much that the dark circles are getting worse, but generally the skin is is becoming either more slack or more sunken in uh, to the eye sockets because, you know, your skin starts to thin out. We don't have as much collagen in it. And so, you know, the less plump your skin is, the more the capillaries are going to show through, basically, and that's what you're seeing. So obviously keeping the area well hydrated. Um, you know, an eye cream, you don't want something that you put it on and in the morning you're all puffy because, you know, you have no pores in your eye area. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to see because wherever you have a pore, you have an oil gland and you can't have oil glands around your eyes. So you don't want an eye cream that's so rich that it makes you puffy in the morning, but you do need to be using that on a regular basis. Um, but also, okay, in terms of cosmetics, uh People make the mistake that they think, okay, my dark circles are dark, therefore I need a concealer that's light. That's not true. (laughs) You need a concealer that matches the color of your skin, your, your general skin. And also, you can, I mean, you can do some correction if you want. Um, like I will use, there's a Ben Nye product that is like a very light peach corrector. And I'll use that not necessarily under my eyes where like, you know, the actual circles are, but I'll use it the outside, like where the top of my cheekbone is, where that meets my eye socket. I'll use it out there because that tends to sink in a lot. And by going a little bit cooler out there um, and lighter, that's going to brighten that up. Think of it. People think of it all the time now as highlighter, but without the shimmery stuff in it. Mm-hmm. that's always a good area to lighten and brighten. But where the actual circles are, you want to stay with something, again, that doesn't move too much. You're looking for a concealer that doesn't move too much. Um, and you want something that is definitely more yellow-based. If you start getting too pink-based under the eyes, that's when it really... The pink is going to mix with the blue, and you're just going to get purple, purple, purple under your eyes you don't want that um you want to counteract that a little bit um and and you want to really keep it in that area again so much of it is in going to be on the formula um stuff that self-sets i mean that was true concealer true concealer was one of the first self-setting concealers 
um, you applied it. It was a cream. It came with a doe foot. You applied it, and then it dried down to like a powder-like finish. That was the genius of, of True Concealer. Um, and it was buildable because it dried down. That's the sort of thing you're looking for. A concealer that's too creamy, again, it's going to keep sliding. It's going to keep moving. You're going to have to keep setting it with tons and tons of powder. And the more layers you need of a product to get the coverage, um, that's when it's going to break apart and crack and look fake. <laughs> so you want something that's going to give you decent coverage in, a, in, in as few thin layers as possible. Well, now um, that we don't have your product, what is that product? What is that product? You know what? Okay, so there's a couple of products out there that I do like. Um, there's Amazing Concealer, which is a phenomenal product. You do have to set that product with a, they make a, a clear loose powder. They make a clear pressed powder. Um, you want to set with that. Um, there's a bunch of them. I want to say there's, some of the Tarte concealers are really good. Uh I've always liked RCMA, you know, that works really well. That works well for everything. Let's face it. That's, that's always long been a favorite of mine. And then again, now that I'm at water, I know all the water concealers. I like the double wear concealer for that too, because it has that, you can get the shade match dead on and it self sets. The water concealer can be, you have to learn how to use it because, because it self sets so well, you got to work quickly with it, but it does do it. There's a lot of stuff out there, but those are good key things to look for in concealers. So um, I'm sure she'll be very happy to hear about that. So, and I have one final question for you. There's Naomi in Kentucky who said she's always wanted to experiment with colors, um, but not sure where to start. She said most of the YouTube videos that are out there are with younger girls and she's in her fifties and doesn't want to look ridiculous. What do you suggest she does? Really my whole thing is, you know, showing people how to use color without it looking ridiculous. This is something that's a little difficult because, like you said, the market has become so heavily saturated, geared towards millennials, that these colors that are coming out are so bright and so crazy that, you know, you have to be 25 to wear them because if you have a wrinkle or a line on your face, it's just going to look terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're not nuts in thinking, like, I can't wear that because a lot of the stuff you can't. So I always make sure that I use a really strong background of neutral and add a pop of color. And that's the best advice I give. And liners are great for that. I have to say, eyeliners are amazing for adding in color to a look um, and changing the color of a look without it being overwhelming. Uh, you know, like, and the other thing is with color... Um, and eyeshadows particularly, you want to watch the frost level. Uh, the frostier, the color, and, and frost is a big thing now. Everyone's got glitter and sparkle and bling. Honey, That leave it for the young girls. Like that, that's going to make you look like, you know, I don't know. Who is that? My Little Pony? Like, it's like ridiculous. <laughs> like, I'm too old for that. I'm way too old for that. Like, it's hard to find colors. This is what Bobby Brown used to be great for, although the lines changed quite a bit. Um, you know, you want to look for those colors that are not as sparkly, you know, and, and, but you want a pop of color. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, but it's also the fact that the sparkle em- emphasizes lines around the eyes. So it's not even just because it's age-appropriate. It's the fact that it will enhance your age. It, yeah, it makes you look older. A little yeah. bit good. A little bit of shimmer. A little bit of opalescence can really pop the eye out. It's that, yes, you cross that threshold where suddenly you look like, you know, you belong in Las Vegas. And that's bad. You know, then you look- <laughs> You know, you look like an aging, like, you know, performer. You know, that's that's just not attractive. Um, and you don't want that. So, but it's hard. Um, I think part of the problem also is there's such a plethora of products out there. And with, with the internet being so important and such a huge medium of sales right now, you see all this glitter and all this bright, shocking color and all this sparkle because it's what catches the eye in a photograph. And realize at the moment, our lives are, we're shopping via photograph now, not necessarily in person. So the colors that might be more appropriate to you might look a little more boring in a photograph. Does that mm, make sense? Yep. So yep. that's something you really got to remember. And that's, that's driving a lot of product development. The internet's driving a lot of product development. And, you know, we can't let that happen so much. Um, you really have to, you got to balance that out. And so, you know, places like Sephora tend to be heavy towards millennials. You know, it's it, this is when it really does make sense to go to a cosmetic counter and try things on and talk to somebody and really look. And, you know, we're also accustomed to these Crayola crayon colors that are that are in fashion now. We sort of forget sometimes the more muted colors can be what looks better on us as human beings, not, you know, all these bright, jingle-jangly colors. I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's just crazy. Well, the pendulum always swings. So we're going to have thin brows soon, I'm sure, and then we'll have the neutral, neutral phase that Bobby was really known for at one time yeah. so i think the pendulum is going to come back soon because it always does <laughs> somebody said somebody was saying the other day that you know get, oh sandy Linter was saying get your tweezers out girls but then browns are brows are going to come back i i don't know i i don't know i i it's so much work to do thin brows god i don't want them back but i'm sure they will you know well and it's not as useful but we'll see allison Raphael, what is your beauty hack my beauty hack. Okay, I told you. I fell in love with advanced night repair. Well, what I never admitted to my friends at Estee Lauder is my favorite cream for my face is good old cheap CeraVe that you get in the pharmacy in the mm. gigantic tub. Okay, it's like $12 a tub and you can put it all over your body, but it's a fantastic moisturizer. Not the greenest moisturizer, but it is a fantastic formula. And as an artist, I always love it because almost nobody has a reaction to it. Um, you know, one of the biggest things is, you know, you got to watch out for fragrance and all that stuff when you're working on the public because, you know, people can react to that and you don't want that happening five minutes before somebody goes on air. But I discovered, you know, I never really needed that much for my skincare. I have generally good skin, but I wanted something else. And I thought about it and I'm like, well, should I get this expensive cream? I'm like, well, I have this expensive serum and it's got just about everything under the sun that my skin could ever need in it. So what I do is I take my CeraVe cream that I can liberally slap all over my body and my face and I put three drops of my advanced night repair in it 
in it morning and night and my skin's never looked better. That is such a great hack. <laughs> because yeah, think about it. Do you need an expensive cream and an expensive serum? I don't think so. Don't let my friends at Estee Lauder Skincare hear me say that. But, <laughs> you know, they're going to go, what did you just say? somebody's listening um you know, <laughs> but, you know, that's, that's the truth i mean i mean listen if your skin doesn't look good after doing that then go use the expensive cream as well but for me at this point where i am now you know it works for me well allison you have given us so much amazing information and insider information that i totally did not expect and i want to thank you so much for taking the time and your saturday off for talking to our listeners um, who were a little shy in, in asking questions today. We're going to have to find some way to encourage everyone. Well, thank you. Thank you for, have, for having me. My name is Mary Shook, and you've been listening to Beauty GPS in the Hot Seat. Check out Beauty GPS in the Raw if you'd like to hear the pro version of this show. To find out more about Allison and the products and information we discussed today, please visit www.beautygps.com. Also, let us know what part of the beauty and wellness industry you'd like for us to help you navigate. And if you like the show, please rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or whatever podcast platform you're listening to now. Thanks for listening. Beauty GPS is copyright 2019. Beauty by Mary Shook, LLC. All rights reserved.